Thank you for the invitation that comes to us to worship you. We thank you for the free access that you give us right into your presence. And we pray now for ears to hear and hearts to respond to all that you would say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Great, thank you. thanks Julie. Morning everyone. Happy New Year. 2013, eh? Gosh. Um, this, uh, as we get into this new year, we are uh, taking a look at a series entitled Now to Him, which is nicked from a book entitled Now to Him. And uh, we have been uh, giving this sermon series a go at the evening service. So last term we did a, a series entitled Now to Him, which was all about worship. And on the back of that, we thought uh, it was so good that we wanted to, uh, to do the same series at uh, both our morning services, at 9 o'clock and at 10.30. So it's my job to, to kick it off this morning, uh, thinking about worship. The book, Now to Him, uh, written by Simon Ponsonby, uh, who's a theologian, a minister in Oxford, and uh, a chap called Neil Bennett, who's a worship leader from Cheltenham. And uh, the, the book is really, really good. It contains some foundational material in terms of what worship is all about. It's a great resource, and some of the stuff that we're going to be thinking about in the next few weeks is also going to be made available via the life group. So if you're in a life group, in a small group, then you're likely to have uh, some of these themes looked at again there as well. So uh, just to warn you that it's coming from several different angles uh, over the next couple of months. And uh, by way of intro this morning, often when we talk about worship, we take a very... Uh, appropriate, broad definition of worship, which is basically to say that worship is more than just uh, songs. Worship is about lifestyle, the way that we live. And uh, you can look at passages like Romans 12, where it says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. So it's it's a whole body thing. I offer my whole body to the Lord and say, whatever I'm about, it's about worship. So often when we talk about worship, we, we, we focus on that. But uh, hopefully you'll forgive me this morning if, if we narrow that definition a bit and talk about worship as singing. Because we do quite a lot of singing in church. I mean, you come to a service and we sing hymns, we sing songs. Um, over Christmas time, we sang loads of carols. We do quite a lot of singing, and often there's not much said about singing in worship, in terms of what it's all about. So this morning, if you'll forgive me, the theme is really that singing matters. And for those of you that think to yourself, I, that counts me out because I can't sing, uh, let me just say uh, it doesn't matter whether you can sing in tune or not, singing still matters. So even if you consider yourself to have the the rubbishest of voices, um, don't count yourself out just yet, because singing matters. In fact, somebody said to me when I, not long after I arrived at St. Michael's, and um, they moved away uh, since, so there's nobody here, but somebody said to me, you know, I don't, I don't do singing. They said, and I, and I sa- said to them, because um, they were a massive football fan, I said, when, when you go and watch a football game and, and people are singing, do you ever get 
drawn into it. And they said, oh, yes, really, go for it on the terraces. Um, so I said, doesn't that strike you as being slightly kind of incongruous, that when you go and watch a football match, you'll sing your heart out. When you come to church, you say, I don't do singing. He said, yeah, but it just seems like everybody's singing in on the terraces and they just go, it doesn't matter whether you can sing or not. And I said, well, actually, it really doesn't matter if you can hold a tune in church or not. We're called to sing anyway. Singing matters. A music producer said once that um, in, the, in the world of pop, you can only really write four kinds of songs. The four songs go like this. I love you. I hate you. Go away. Please come back. Those are the four types of songs that uh, music producers tend to point to in terms of what you see in the charts uh, and over the years. But isn't it amazing when we think about the Christian faith that we have uh, at least 10,000 reasons to sing to the Lord. Not just I love you or I'm finding things difficult or go away or come back. It's really that we have 10,000 reasons. And in fact, Matt Redman's recent song is entitled uh, with that name, 10,000 reasons for my heart to sing. So this morning then, looking at uh, uh, the theme of singing, what does it mean to be a people that sing? And Psalm 96 that uh, that, uh, Marie read to us, has that fantastic beginning, doesn't it? Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. That's what it means to be a people who worship, is to sing. By the way, that's the only way the babies can worship. So don't worry about that, that's great. It's the only way that babies can worship the Lord, so uh, it's, it's fantastic. So um, we're called to be a people who sing. Sing to the Lord a new song. Do you know the Bible contains over 400 references to singing and 50 direct commands to sing? So we sing to the Lord a new song and we sing because it's a call upon our lives to sing. And twice in the New Testament, there is a command to sing to the Lord. We sing to the Lord because, number one, the Bible says it's a great thing to do. And here are three things that why singing helps in our Christian life. Even if you can't hold a tune, singing helps with these three things. Number one, singing can help us remember scripture. Some of you who will have been in Sunday school from a young age will have learnt songs from the Bible that stick with you to this very day. Singing helps us remember scripture. And in fact, in Colossians 3, it has this little phrase. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you what? As you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So when we sing, when we remember scripture through singing, it helps with that whole thing. It's amazing, isn't it, how when you hear a song that you haven't listened to for a few years and then all of a sudden, when the song is played, the, uh, not only do the words flow back, but also sometimes when you listen to a song, have you ever had that experience where you can remember, you kind of, 
you remember almost the sense of when you heard it first, the feeling or the emotion or uh, that sense of, gosh, I was in this concert at this time in this place. So the power of song is important. It can help us remember scripture. We store literally thousands of songs in our memory vaults. And music has an unusual mnemonic power. When you listen to good music, it does something to you. We remember patterns of music than we do better than patterns of words. Rhyme, rhythm, meter of song always make a difference. They govern and restrict the way that we think about words and we use them. And even in the Bible, Deuteronomy 32, it says that God uses music to help people remember his word. So the music and singing is powerful. So we can sing because it helps us remember scripture. That means, I think, that in, in our singing, and certainly in songwriting within churches, that there should be uh, effective melodies. Melodies that people can remember and want to be able to sing. I always think that when you're listening to new worship songs, for instance, uh, there's no reason why the music should be poor. Uh, good lyrics uh, shouldn't uh, rub out the fact that there should be a good and singable tune. We've all that, had that experience, haven't we, of singing songs in church or otherwise that just seem impossible to sing. And you think, great, great song, but I've got no hope with that one. It's just not memorable enough. And we sing words that remind us of the gospel. It matters not only that we sing, but also what we sing. In Colossians 3, verse 16, it's the word of Christ, the gospel, that dwells in us richly when we sing. So the largest portion of our singing content in church then are bound to be truths that we're responding to. Not just words about the truth that that effect has on us, but songs that reflect God's glory. So, ask yourself this question. If the teaching of our church was only limited to the songs that we sing, what would our people know? If the teaching that we got, there was no sermon or any of that stuff, it was only the songs that we sing, what would we know as a result? It's an important question because the singing, the stuff that we sing, somehow dwells deep within us when we sing it. So singing helps us remember scripture. Secondly, singing can help us connect emotionally with the Lord. Music is the language of emotion. And it's true in every culture, in every age. Sometimes the dullest experiences of singing that I've ever had have been in church. And surely that can't be right. Surely that can't be right. The most emotional times when you see um, you know, people singing at a football match or before the FA Cup final or you know, at, a, at a concert or you go and see your favourite uh, artist or band or uh, you go to a, a symphony and it, and it moves you. Uh, that's good. That's a good thing. And we should, I think, within the context of our worship in church, be profoundly moved 
by the worship that we engage in and particularly in our singing it's why I think churches and we're no exception to that work hard at getting their music as right as they can it's why the people in the, the music here spend time practicing and rehearsing and why the, 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 the bands that play as well encourage one another to be as good as they possibly can be music is the language of emotion and it should affect us as such it's capable of affecting us in a profound way like when Saul's spirit was calmed by David's harp in, uh, in the Bible remember that story singing helps us connect emotionally with the Lord and that's a good thing that's a good thing not that we want to aim for emotionalism you know, just to sing songs that enable us to be emotional. Um, that's the focusing in the wrong direction, isn't it? But as we sing and as we worship, to express emotion. Um, so in some of our worship services, you know, as people sing, they might lie down on the floor, they might kneel or weep or uh, be quiet or be filled with God's awe, reverence for him. Those are all important things. Singing can help us connect emotionally with the Lord. And also, as we sing, singing strengthens the church. In Ephesians 5, it says this little phrase. It says, sing to one another. Sing to one another. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, I'm not, you know, kind of advising you that over coffee, you sing your request to the person serving you coffee this morning. I'd like cappuccino, please. Uh, or whatever, you know. Espresso. Um, you know, it's... It, it, but we are called to encourage one another when we sing. So a song like, Come, Now is the Time to Worship, do you know, it's not directed at the Lord. Um, it's not saying to the Lord, Lord, come on, now is the time to worship. Like the Lord needs any help with that. Um, you know, the Lord says, oh yeah, thanks guys, sorry, I forgot. Um, I'm with you now, I'm ready for it. Um, you sing a song like Come Now, it's, it's to one another. We sang it yesterday at the Life Group Leaders uh, Day. We sing it to one another. It's like, come on, now is the time to worship. Let's move together, let's enter into the Lord's presence. Singing strengthens the church. So, what if, though, Simon, I know this singing stuff, but what if I can't sing? Can't hold a tune. Um, I'm afraid that if I do sing in church, the person next to me is going to walk out or faint at the, uh, the, the, the style of my voice. What if I can't sing? Do you know, here's some very simple advice. Sing anyway sing anyway my friend Rich uh, who uh, is now a vicar when I was training at um, vicar factory with him back in the end of the 80s I was on placement at St Peter's in Filton and I've got a number of embarrassing stories I could tell you about that but um, I won't bore you with them all but uh, I sat next to Rich, I'd never heard him sing before, never sat next to him before in my life, and we were on placement together. He sat next to me and he sang uh, one of the, the first hymns when we were on placement there. And he has 
and had the worst voice in Christendom. Um, probably the worst voice in singing history. I mean, he sounded like, you know, a kind of a, a dying cat in a choir of dying cats. I mean, it just was horrendous, really bad voice. And I said to him, Rich, as gently as I could, I said, you know, Rich, you really can't sing. And uh, he said, I know, uh, but I sing anyway. And uh, I think there's something about that that's really important. Even if you think you can't hold a tune, sing anyway. We must be those that sing to the Lord a new song. What about those that say, well, I don't know the songs in your church. And, you know, you can go to any number of churches and it'll be different songs, won't it? So what if you don't know the songs in at St. Michael's? You've probably got more of a chance at nine o'clock um, because some of, some of the songs that we sing have had a longer history of being sung. So you've probably got more of a chance of uh, picking up the songs uh, when you come to nine o'clock. But certainly for uh, at 6.30, sometimes we might sing a new song or people think, I just don't know what that song is all about or I don't know the tune. Uh, well, we, we say to people all the time, it's easy to, to learn songs. You get a CD, you can download stuff from iTunes or whatever your um, preferred method of downloading is you know you can you can find the stuff that you want to learn and you can learn it what about if the songs aren't my style Um, and that's important because I think sometimes worship can be unifying I think sometimes worship can be uh, can cause disunity actually because people are being forced to sing stuff they don't like or they don't know the tunes or you know if, if we dragged along kind of you know smoke and lights at the nine o'clock service and a, a rock band that blasted the stuff out uh, uh, you know for you on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock there might be a few of you that went yay and quite a lot of you that would go no not so yay uh, Worship can be unifying. It can also actually cause a lot of disunity. So we do need to recognise that. And that's partly why at St Michael's we do provide a, a little smorgasbord of, of worship from uh, you know, nine o'clock uh, communion services, uh, even song, which is today, by the way, five o'clock this afternoon, he says, giving it a small plug. Um, even song on, on the first Sunday of the month, uh, 10.30 service, 6.30 service, the stuff that we do at Messy Church. We provide a kind of a smorgasbord of, of opportunities for people to worship because actually there's a great variety, isn't there? And uh, we need to represent that, I think, as a church. So if the songs aren't your style, I would say your style will be represented somewhere in the Christian marketplace. If you are really into hip-hop, I can point you to some fantastic Christian hip-hop artists who will lead you in worship. If it's more orchestral um, and uh, you know, a, a symphony that does it for you, I can point you in the direction of worship that would, be, uh, that would float your boat. Uh, it's important that the, the, the great thing about the era that we live in is that now the range of music covers all the bases. And uh, uh, something of our style we will, will be represented somewhere in the Christian marketplace. So I would say this, if you want some uh, advice on singing in worship, I would say this. Sing every day. Uh, wherever 
and whenever you can. It might be in the car with a CD on or your MP3 player blasting it out. I would say sing every day. It might be in the shower or the bath when you can lock the door and hope that the neighbours aren't going to hear you. But you can find space to sing every day. Something about singing that raises our spirits. Something about singing that raises our emotions. Something about singing that helps us connect with the Lord. So sit with your iPod, your CD, maybe allowing worship to wash over you. Listen to music. Do you know my question always for the people who do the sound in this church, who mix the sound for the bands that play, is this. It's a very simple question. Do you listen to music in the week? If the answer to that question is no, then I always say, then probably mixing the sound for the bands in church is probably not going to be the best thing for you to do. Do you listen to music in the week? Because if you listen to music in the week, you're more likely to think, oh, actually, too much bass, too much drums, singers need to be higher. You know, do you listen to music in the week? So I would say, sit with your iPod, your CD, allowing worship to wash over you. And then I would say, sing in church. Even if you think your voice is rubbish, go for it. Sing heartily. And if the person next door to you, you know, looks at you with a kind of a, your voice is dreadful, do you know what? That's their problem and not yours. Um, So just smile back at them and sing louder. Um, That's what I would do. So sing in church. Sing in life groups. If you're in a life group or you're a life group leader, encourage ways that people can sing. There are resources on YouTube. Uh, You don't have to have a musician present. You can play some music in the background. You can encourage people to join in, to express worship in singing. And then I would say sing in conferences. It's one of the great things about going somewhere like Spring Harvest or New Wine or uh, Keswick. Any of these conferences where people sing in a large crowd. There's something about that that just lifts your spirit. So I would say when you go to conferences, sing and join in with all your heart. Let's um, pause and pray. Psalm 96 just says again, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. So Lord, we ask that uh, for each of us, that you would enable us to be a people who sing to you with all that we have and all that we are. And Lord, we give you our voices again. And Lord, we say, by your spirit, come and do a new thing. Enable us where we've forgotten to sing, where we've stopped, where we've uh, simply thought that it's not for us. Lord, we pray that you would just raise us up again as a people who sing your glory. Come, Spirit of God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.